How is it going? Welcome back to The Social Seller Live with Connor Paulson. Today we have a special guest and this is the first episode out of every episode we've ever done and this is something brand new. We have Brian Temin on, uh, not only an expert in hospitality, but being able to apply that as a consultant for some time, but now being able to apply that to the B2B realm and not only helping companies, small, medium, large, turn their online sales channels really on on like some accelerated level but the coolest part in my mind is that he's also talking with the clients and so having that internal dialogue with who he's working with and then going out and practicing it and having to fulfill and having to hit those metrics and seeing that over the last year with COVID and everything else that this online selling environment has changed so much and how we interact so before I, I hand it off to Brian uh Brian Temin it was born and raised in New Jersey. Now I know you have a degree in logistics, materials and supply chain from the Ohio State University, right? Both big time alumni. Uh, and I know you spent years in what I call A1 hospitality. And I would love for you to kind of talk a little bit about what that experience looks like and how that, how creating an experience and a real relationship and caring and listening creates a whole nother realm of, of relationship. And I know today you are, on the Uptown Creation team almost at a year and a half. So, so excited. This is why today is such a milestone because we get to bring our first person from Uptown and, and you are an absolute rock star and expert in this field. And so it only made sense to bring you in. Ryan, thank you for being here. Did I leave out anything on, on kind of your story? Cause I'm, I'm just pumped. I want to get started and, and talk some value. No, I think you checked all the boxes. Really, really good. Beautiful, beautiful. And Brian, what part of Jersey did you grow up in again? Yeah, Central Jersey, so East Brunswick, kind of by uh, Rutgers. So, there. beautiful. And then you're you're a Buckeye. You always, you know, I went to the University of Iowa, and you guys seem to beat us more often or more frequently than we'd beat you in, in the notable big sports. So, yeah. uh, want to hop in though? It's not every day, and I can't think of many people that had a career in hospitality. And and from what I understand, it was in the food and beverage to some degree. Could you explain what that was? How old were you? And what did your day-to-day -day life look like? What did you kind of take away from your, your experience? Yeah, sure thing. So, I mean, we'll start when I'm 14, when everybody gets their first job or when most people get their first job. I was, uh, I was delivering pizzas um, around the neighborhood, and that's, that's kind of how I got into the restaurant industry. Um, I just like the people that were there. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of honesty there. Uh, a lot of guards down and, st and, and stuff like that. And I, I just love the energy, everything so fast. Um, and then that's what I wanted to do when I got out of school. I went for logistics and supply chain. I didn't really know where that was going to take me. It just sounded pretty fancy. Um, I knew I wanted to end up in restaurants. So um, after school, I, uh, I got a job as a, as a food runner. So that's the person that, you know, runs the food to the tables. Um, so I got to see, I got, I did that at a really big restaurant and got to see, um, a lot of the operations behind that. And I've always kind of been into that kind of stuff. Um, and then I got this other job at a David Burke restaurant. David Burke is, um, you know, well-known restaurant tour. Uh, I got a bunch of, bunch of, uh, restaurants in the city. He opened one up in South Orange, New Jersey, 15 minutes away from where I live. Um, I started as an administrative assistant and you can think of this place as, uh, the startup of restaurants. Um, you know, there's, there's not a, not a whole lot in place, not a whole lot of people, I was an administrative assistant, which also made me the marketing assistant, which also made me the janitor, which also made me the handyman, which also made me the server, the bartender, all that. Um, 
which was great. And then, you know, by a combination of luck and skill, I found myself um, as the assistant general manager at this place um, and really working with a lot of the staff and a lot of the people. And we were at a country club, um, so there were members involved in this. And it's not just a kind of one-off people coming to check out the, 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 uh, the local spot. Um, it's the same people coming back over and over again. And there's certain things that you have to, you have to establish relationships with these people, understand what they like, understand what they don't like, understand where they like to sit, who they hang out with. Um, and that was kind of where I got my uh, customer facing experience from. And it made the transition from hospitality to after COVID hit and, you know, I can't go back to work, got to find something new. It made this transition a whole lot smoother. Um, and I, I, I felt like I was built for this. So that's kind of where my hospitality folds into what makes me who I am today. Yeah, thank you for sharing that, Brian, because you, you hit on so many big points. Personally, I know this helped me working in retail and I worked as a bartender for some time. And, and like those cliche terms of you have to work it so you have a respect for it. I agree. And, and then you also have to care with your customers and, and the customer's almost always gonna be right, right? And you learn that in retail and, and these types of things. What I think is awesome is it also allows us to have those human to human, those personalized connections. And you start to realize that as humans, we, we like to think we're so different, but we do have very similar behaviors. And, and if we can just create a consistent quality experience, uh, it makes it easier for us and for them. And the other point that I wanna make is I, I see a lot of business owners, every age range that starts to believe and maybe has found some success that starts to view themselves as the expert and doesn't listen to other ideas or, or doesn't keep their eyes for kind of what's on the horizon. What should I be looking at, you know, six months, 12 months from today? And where is my company at today? Is it set up for three years from today? Mm -hmm. And I think being able to have those personal connections with your clients, regardless of what level or role you're at within the organization makes all the difference. Now, a big part of what your role is and why you have so much success. And I would go as far as saying you're top 1% in the world for knowing how to leverage sales navigator, recruiter, and how to create strategies, not for one company, not for one professional, but for hundreds, right? And you've done this successfully. So I think there's, there's this magic. And I know here in just a little bit, we talked about in the waiting room before this, that you're going to talk about what the number one mistake professionals are making online or anyone that's trying to have a professional presence online that you're seeing and what the numbers are also telling you, you know, working with so many clients and industries. Now, to hop into your work with LinkedIn, now I know you're using a handful of strategies, right? It's not just LinkedIn, it's some one-on-one -on -one outreach through LinkedIn, in-mail outreach, and then it can be emails and a combination. What excites you just in general with everything you're seeing in the B2B online realm and the direction we're headed and just to kind of give it a, a time bound make it a time bound statement we'll say like 12 months if we were to say august of 2022 with the direction you see coming out of covid what are you the most excited for i think you're seeing this cosmic shift from the seller's environment where you know you have all the deliver deliverables you have all the numbers involved with with what your work can provide and and, and that kind of thing and we're seeing this shift now to the social seller, the person who is, you know, making making themselves trusted before, um, you know, even even making a sale. It doesn't have to be about a sale. It has to be about developing a relationship. And we're seeing that more and more because as more businesses go online, 
there's more competition than there was when there were, um, you know, a lot more brick and mortar kind of volume sales. So that's kind of the big shift that I see. And that's kind of what's been the driver for our work. You know, we just, and I know we're going to get to, you know, what a lot of people make the mistake on, but I just, I can't, I can't not say it. People just don't be lame when you're reaching out to somebody because you see a lot of robotic language, you know, great to connect. I hope all is well. Um, you know, I hope you're doing well in, during this time. Nobody's going to walk up to me and say that in a coffee shop. Nobody's going to do that. And I think that people want to be spoken to like that when they're being sold or when they're, you know, being marketed to or something like that. So, um, hope that answered your question. <laughs> you did. And, and I, I love what you're saying. Don't be lame. Right. And it's just marketing one-on-one before we even got into marketing classes in business school, it was put yourself in the shoes of the person you're trying to attract. Right. And once you start doing that, you filter out a lot of the inefficiencies in our life. Like, dang, I wouldn't respond to that. I wouldn't respond to that subject, you know, line in an email. Now, one thing that I do want to dive in here is you explain social selling and social selling, you know, uh, what LinkedIn calls buyer first selling. Brian Tracy has been talking about for decades and certain sales leaders. Now, it's nothing new, but it's becoming so much more important, right? And we term it social selling. I think that's where we're getting so much momentum on YouTube and everywhere else. What you had said, Brian, is that a part of not being lame is using the resources that are already out there and that we have access to, and that we should almost be creating the relationship before we've inter even interacted or engaged with them, right? So I'm curious, would you say that this is correct, that if we're social selling effectively, we should be researching and getting to understand who that individual is on a level personally and, and professionally and, and really where the organization's at, right? So what could that look like? Um, and, and that social selling, it sounds like, doesn't just start before that interaction and getting to understand, are they in a place where we could really provide value? Whether I'm a coach, a consultant, a paid speaker, it doesn't matter. And when you reach out like that, now not only is it personalized, you're speaking their language. And I think that's the magic, but social selling continues to carry in once you've started the interaction, right? Mm -hmm. and, and again, this is me putting my sales hat on, but it's that it's through qualifying, right? Can you afford our clients' rates? Can, are you looking to hire a, a coach consultant, you know, hire on a B2B sales development team in the next 60 to 90 days, right? Those qualifiers, social selling means that it's still just this casual, or not casual, it's a purposeful conversation, but very social in the sense of asking the right questions, being personalized. And what we're starting to learn too, Brian, and I, I'm learning this from you and, and Kanzo, is that it also applies on the back end and, and how follow up. And, and so it's, it's exciting that you mentioned this because you're the one seeing the numbers. You're the one interacting you know, with the clients, helping them get results. What is the number one mistake you see social sellers making today? I see social sellers trying to have one remedy to what must be a million different problems, you know? So they'll, they'll, they'll think to themselves and they're, and, and they're coming around this way. Thank God, you know, we got to go pain point first. How do we, like, what do we want to solve? How do we make it about them? Not about us. People are starting to come around to that. But then doing the necessary research beforehand for each for each one, you know? Um, so let's say, let's say I want to reach out to, to the COO at a, at a, at a SaaS company that just got funding. 
You know, I want to know that they got funding and I want to be able to talk about that. And I want to be able to say, you know, with this, with this influx of funding, do you, um, you know, and, and let's say I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm working at an accounting firm, you know, I'm an accounting, accounting firm salesperson, you know, with this funding, you know, are, are, there, there might be some transactions that um, are happening down the line or, or, you know, you'll want to bring in somebody um, for more flexible costs um, when, you know, doing your financial reporting and you don't want to hire in-house, at least right now, somebody that's going to scale with you, understanding all those things when you reach out. Um, so not just having a one size fits all kind of research approach, um, and going beyond just saying, what's the pain point that I have to solve here and being like, what's the pain point that I ha have to solve for this specific company? Um, and how is the person that I'm going to be reaching out to going to be receiving that? Um, so. And what numbers are the most important? I know you're very advanced with it and, and you're tracking every action you're taking when you're doing outreach for clients. Now, what would you say? Are there, are there some metrics that for someone that might be new to sales navigator or a recruiter or doing this type of B2B outreach, right? They want more customers, mm -hmm. regardless of industry or space, right? Because what we're talking about when you use social selling effectively or buyer first selling is that it doesn't really matter. It's, it's human to human connecting just like you and me are right now, right? But before we can get on this call, we have to create that relationship. So you're teaching us, Brian, how to use the assets we have in our tool belt, right? And in, in doing it, we might not have had a lot of this, you know, three years ago. And I think that's why it's exciting and it can really set up and create uncommon experiences, right? How do we create uncommon experiences and in human interactions? you have to fulfill in uncommon ways, right? And, and really it's just being personalized like you're saying, I, I love that now. I, I took that down the rabbit hole and I'm gonna to try to bring it back, Brian, to the question. Okay, let's, let's stay down the rabbit hole because I do wanna talk. Yeah, please do. And you've kind of been, you've, you've been inching towards this and, and now I wanna pounce. So pounce. right now we could talk about like multi-channel approach you know and then so what uh, another big benefit of social of selling and social selling right now is that you have seven different platforms and you can go vet out you know let's say let's say you want to reach out to somebody on linkedin they don't look that active on linkedin but you find them on instagram you know you like their stuff on instagram you comment on their stuff on instagram you know you, you hit them up via you know if you do connect with them on on linkedin you also can check out their email shoot them an email and be like hey i love the stuff that you're doing on instagram um you know, I've, I've, I've been dying to talk about this idea, this idea, and this idea. I think you'd be the perfect person to talk to it about. And, um, you know, using everything that's at your disposal. I was talking about the funding example. You know, you see you got funding on Crunchbase. You check out their Instagram profile. You find somebody who's uh, who's following the Instagram profi profile that's part of the company. You connect with them on LinkedIn. And you have so many different stakes in so many different pieces of land um, that you're just going to naturally show up as somebody who really cares about the company of the person that you're reaching out to, to and potentially the person that you're reaching out to. How do you get that across that you care about someone in messaging when, when people are getting so many automated messages that no. I don't even check my, I, I, there's times that when I look at my LinkedIn and like inbox, I'm just kind of annoyed. And so I try to put it off. Right. But how do you get through to that when, I kid you not, it seems like nine out of 10 companies that are trying to do what we're talking about are still using whatever version of automation, right? It could be, whether it's branded AI, whether it's, it's it, there's anything in between, but yeah, how would you, how do you stand out and create that personalized experience? 
I'll tell you what, brother, this is definitely the hardest part of the job. <laughs> this is the hardest part. Targeting is pretty is, is easier, but messaging and finding a way to stand out and all the noise when you know that you're going to be reaching out to somebody that also has 10 messages in their inbox, that's tough. And the thing that we've realized, especially over the last six months, go ahead and sell the thing, you know, be upfront with what, be upfront with what you're reaching out about. But do so in a way where it's like there don't have to be action items right now. You don't have to buy anything. Let's just talk about it, you know, because I, I, I did my research and I was looking up this, this, and this, and I think that you'd be the perfect, perfect person for this. This is what I do, and I would love to do it with you, but if now it's not the right time, let's not, you know, let's, let's just talk because I think we can have a really good conversation. And we'll make it sexier language than that, of course, but that's like the idea to go with. People want to be sold. No, people want to buy, but they don't want to be sold. That's what Chris was telling me yesterday. It's spot on. And, and it's how do you create, again, it comes down to the experience, right? Because when it's personalized, think of like your coffee shop example or going into the bar and, and making a friend. And if that's ever going to potentially turn into a, a professional, you know, working relationship where we might be able to help each other. It usually isn't going to start out with some cliche, you know, congrats on the new position. You know, I love the features, but we're talking strategy here. It's strategy to, to really create a sustainable sales strategy and, and sales system. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the other thing. This isn't appealing to people that are looking for the 90 day. I want to create a sales pipeline, like get rich quick kind of thing. Right. This is these are for the professionals that believe I want to build a real foundation, build a real sales pipeline. And I notice and I, I realize that we're going through this online change in eras. And I think it's exciting. I think to some that if, if they're stubborn and don't want to adopt um, some of these practices that, that it could become intimidating. But I think what we're talking about is it doesn't necessarily fully focus on LinkedIn. Like you're saying, this doesn't fully focus on a single social platform. We're talking strategy and how to find these opportunities and identify, are they the right fit? in so many more levels than I think, you know, even a set of time creation a few years ago we're doing, we didn't know this. And so it's exciting to, to kind of bring this back. And I see we will uh, start up the Q and a here in, in like 10 minutes or so, uh, just as we get through some of these, cause I see some awesome questions coming through uh, that we will bring up here. So keep the questions coming in and, and we will answer those. Um, Brian, was there anything else that I didn't ask on this topic that you think should be addressed before we move on? Not that I can think of it. You definitely get the engines going. I didn't, I also didn't know there was a Q and a, so throw a bunch of surprises at me. It's fantastic. I'm, I normally we wouldn't, but we're getting so many questions that are coming in that I think it makes sense. And, and the other exciting part for me guys is that I don't get to interact with Brian as much as I would like. We get along like no other, but you're the magic on the other side of the company, right? So, you're the, the magic that gets results. My job is to bring incredible people that are, are the right fit that we know we can get results in the door. So um, I'm learning at the same time. What are just the top two or three ways that you can maximize your online professional brand? Or let's say you are doing some type of LinkedIn outreach or you're considering it. Are there things that you can be doing on the side that really accelerate those results? Now, I know every marketer is going to list a hundred different things they say is top priority. I'm not asking the marketer. I'm talking to the person that I know is just going to say it the way it is. In your eyes, what are the top two to three ways to accelerate results? Okay, number one, 
get rid of anything on your LinkedIn profile, anything on your Instagram profile, anything, anything that even sounds remotely salesy. And I'll give you an example that people probably see all the time on LinkedIn. Me and Chris talk about this all the time. We've said this out loud before. Anybody who puts I help X with Y in their LinkedIn profile, they're going to try and sell you on something when that once they connect with you. And, you know, there's not a whole lot of, you know, relationship building that goes on with that when you only know somebody that you're connected with by what they help people with. So go ahead and, 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 and make your profile about yourself. And then where you can, uh, where you can, you know, get that, where you can kind of engage with people is comment on their stuff. And, and, and instead of saying, I help blank with blank, go out and find people that are asking questions on, on, uh, in their posts, um, you know, anywhere and answer those questions and actually help X with Y um, in a way that's not just self-serving. It's a way that, you know, you're serving your, you're serving your community, you're serving your industry, stuff like that. Got a good call here, sorry. Okay. Um, number two, I'll say it again. Don't be lame. You know, don't, I, uh, Use contractions is what I'm trying to say. You know, don't say I am a, you know, say I'm a, you know, speak how you would speak. Um, and that's how you can kind of with your direct outreach, just say it as if a friend was reaching out to you. You don't have to give a whole page uh, about, you know, case studies that you have and things like that. Just if, if you target correctly and you reach out looking to have a conversation in a way that's going to benefit them and also benefit you potentially, um, then it shouldn't take that page long thing. You shouldn't have to talk people into wanting to talk with you. You know, you should make it like, uh, you know, this would be a great conversation for both of us. So that's number two. I don't have a third thing to tell you. You, you kind of gave us three when you broke them down. You, part one kind of had two, right? And, and I think to, to carry on this, right? It's, how do we create a human experience? Just like you're saying, it's a friend to friend. It's a beer to beer kind of conversation, a wine glass to wine glass, like, or it's, a, it's in the coffee shop kind of thing. How do you bump in? And I know there's times that you've tested purposefully adding grammatical mistakes to make it in very subtle ones, right? To almost make it that much more, you know, human and, and constantly testing. What does that look like? How do we create it? But I, I agree if there's a way and a feeling that we're trying to go for, that's the feeling now that looks different. I think for, for everyone. Um, on LinkedIn, would you say there's anything about content that would help? Do you see oh, content yeah. on? Does that help with accelerate? What type of results does content help that you've seen? Yeah, I mean, you just got to do it because we always talk about being top of mind, but we always talk about it in a very duplicitous and like scheming kind of way. If you're just posting content just to share with your community, um, you know, then that's the way that you stay top of mind. If you're educated, if you're sharing articles, if you're, if you're, you know, making posts about how you handle this, a certain situation that somebody that, you know, somebody else in your community might be dealing with or somebody else that that's your connection might be dealing with. I mean, that's the way, that's the way to do it. Um, and then also, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to be the next Gary Vaynerchuk. You don't have to be the next Connor Paulson either. You know, just go ahead and share some stuff that's going to be relevant. Don't go ahead and say, you know, if you're, if you're dealing with that so-and-so, book a call with me. If you're, you know, join my webinar, if you're feeling like X, Y, and Z, don't do that. 
share free material, an article that you wrote, an article that you found interesting and share that with people. And I'll give you an example of why it worked or how it worked on me. Somebody hit me up on LinkedIn and just like you, just like everybody on LinkedIn, I got five more messages that day. I didn't respond to it. And 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 then two days later, I saw this guy post on, um, you know, about, about just, it was a Monday, it was a motivational post, and it was, it was very helpful, a lot of value and stuff like that. And then I looked back at his message, and, um, you know, he was looking to speak about, you know, working at Uptown. It didn't work out. But the point is, I would have never opened that message if I didn't see his very, you know, insightful, thoughtful, helpful post. And then I go into my direct messages and I'll be like, I remember that name. I'm down to talk with you because I get the kind of person you're like, which is another way to kind of build a relationship where it's like you don't even have to have a one-on-one -on -one to build a relationship. Post a video, post a, you know, post a text post, post an image, post a thought that represents you and how you communicate and who you are. This way, you know, when you, if you do reach out to somebody or somebody reaches out to you and, and they know how you communicate, and that's going to be a whole nother level of, you know, qualification, if you will. You know, if they, if they booked a call, then they, they, then they must have heard from you before or liked you. Um, and that's just going to increase your likelihood of, of starting more relationships and seeing. Insane. I love it. You have so much value here and I love it. You just, you bypass and you just have such a condensed way of explaining it. And I hope anyone listening is, is taking notes because this, these are the exact same things that we're doing and learning and how do we learn something that, you know, he had, you, we both mentioned Chris Arcazo. That's the, uh, the other magic behind, you know, all of the fulfillment and it's, all of this comes back to how do we humanize ourselves? How do we humanize the experience? How do we humanize ourselves? Content can benefit all of us. It doesn't matter what platform you're focused on. But I mean, the, the ideal would be go to where your ideal clients hang out. Where do they congregate, right? For a lot of us on this conversation, I, I'm like, that is, it's on LinkedIn. Um, and I do think that there are more effective ways and platforms we can spend our time, right? Instagram might be right for some, but to tell you the truth, I think there's a lot more effective ways as long as we're willing to have not necessarily an open mind, but we understand strategies, not features, right? And that whether it's content or getting consistent quality results, it only happens with consistency. So um, I, I love what you're explaining, Brian. And you know, what I also love is dude, you're, you just love what you do. You know, you're a happy guy. And, and I know the people you work with and the clients you get to engage with on a regular basis, I know they're happy when, when they're getting results, but it makes it that much better when you're a real human, you know, for them. And, and you come in as a problem solver. And I think that's the other viewpoint. And when we're creating content that can help so much, and we've talked about it. Here's another kind of quick gold nugget. When we think about content, I think the easiest way is, is Brian, I've learned this from you. It's value based, right? So how do we provide value? And there's two ways, two core ways. And they both start with the letter E there's entertainment. And that's my personal favorite. That is storytelling to get to a point, right? I, I um, you know, prospect Jim, I met six months ago. He was dealing with this internal variable, this external variable. We met together. He had this belief together. We created this plan, this strategy. Now he's here and he's achieved his solution, right? That's entertainment. And I condense that, right? Hook story offer. Now on the flip side is education. And that's what we're trying to put out on the YouTube channel and what Chris 
and I have kind of teamed up and thanks again for hopping on today to create this value for us. It's how do you come from an abundant state and it's sharing the information we have, right? Um, strategies, not features. Couldn't agree more. I love it. We have, we have a lot of comments going in and, and what I also love is you're, uh, you're getting some, you're, the social selling that you've been doing for so long, Brian, shows in the comments because I there are some funny comments in there popping up. Um, so before we on the comment section too, this is fun. Yeah. Uh, I do want to ask a couple more value based. What's one? What is the one area you're looking forward to most in the next twelve months? Just in the online social environment, whether it's LinkedIn or, or anything else. The one thing I'm looking forward to in the next 12 months, space. hell of a question. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing, see, I got to stay biased with LinkedIn just because this is what I do all day long. Um, I'm excited to see kind of where they go because Chris's monologue that he's given me maybe seven or eight times now is that, you know, LinkedIn is kind of in its infancy and maybe, you know, when he first said that it was really in its infancy, you know, where every social media company is going to go through so many different iterations and they're going to find their niche and where they kind of build uh, their, their social media around, you know, like Instagram became revolved around e-commerce, you know? So then I'm excited to see where LinkedIn kind of finds its niche, you know, is it B2B sales? Is it, B2B sales. I think it's B2B sales. But and just seeing kind of how they build it all around that is kind of what I'm excited for on LinkedIn. I, I have to piggyback that, right? And and I think just as important to the sales is realizing that recruiting, recruitment is just as big, right? And the people that have really ran LinkedIn for the last decade have been a lot of the the recruiters, the top dog recruiters that really know how to leverage it. Now the fun part is and a gold nugget here is that sales navigator and recruiter, both paid features are pretty dang similar, both very powerful. And so as you start to learn one and you practice, I think there's a huge upside because often in companies, as you're increasing sales, you need to recruit more too. So I think they can go hand in hand and that would be something that, that I'm also excited for. Ryan, I'm, I'm glad you share that. How do you spend your time outside of work? I joined a softball league, which has been remarkable. You know, just spending time with other people, meeting new people, playing softball. I love baseball. Uh, follow the Mets, which is, um, you know, kind of checking myself in the purgatory as of late. Um, I like to run. I like to read. Um, chess has been way high on the list. I'm god awful. Make stupid mistakes all the time, but we learn. I'm learning a ton from those mistakes. Um, and those are, those are kind of like my top five. I love it. And I know you, you, you golf quite a bit. Or it sounds like it. You're one of the few on the team that also golfs. So I, I love hearing that. And, and to switch it up on some tone before we hop into Q&A, what type of leader are you in three words? What you need. What you need. That's good. <laughs> clever that is good that is good and i, I want to ask that because you know we talk about so much on the fulfillment side but what i see on on my end is is how effective you are at leading and leading teams and it's exciting as the company's growing and the team's growing and the teams are growing that 
you're able to balance so many things and, and do it sustainably in, in that same social selling environment and feeling that we go to create on behalf of our clients for our you know for our clients for our team that you're doing it in every aspect of life and that's something i'm striving to do too because i think when we have values and we live aligned with them and we're congruent that magically all of this stuff becomes a lot easier it's not about having to be in in expert whiz at sales and knowing psychology absolutely not it's being a quality human and then being a quality human to create a human experience because that's what we're all looking for uh, i would uh all right so let's hop into some q a and we're going to try to start from the top so here we're going to start here with andrew do you see that if you were advising someone who had, who is new to social selling via various platforms what is a rough estimate of time spent researching per message sent so I think from a high level, a way we can say that is, let's say someone that wants to, to start social selling. We talk about the success you find in it really comes with consistency and being able to do that each day. How much time should they kind of think to invest per day to, to get some results? Uh, I, think, I think 30 minutes is a good amount of time. That gives you time to do enough research on five people, send out five really thoughtful messages and then as you get better and kind of pick up your systems, you'll be able to either do more in, in the same amount of time or you'll find, you know, I'm really, I'm really liking this prospecting um, part of my job. So, you know, I'll dedicate an hour to it and get even more work done. So 30 minutes um, because in that time you can, for five people, look at their website, look at their LinkedIn page. If they have another social, you can check that out too. Um, you know, check out the company website. Could you just check out those three things? You know what their challenge might be as a person um, at the organization. Then that should be enough time to be able to you know craft a, a thoughtful message uh, to somebody. Couldn't have said it better myself. I love it. Quick and practical. That's what you're good at. Next one, Brian. How much of what you've learned delivering pizzas shaped your current views on life? Now this and, one's a and honestly, all your professional success. This one's a brain buster, um, and I had this one scoped out from the from the from the time that we really started this, and it's going to take me some time to answer it. But I think, you know, when you're delivering pizza, it's like if if pizzas aren't being ordered, you don't have to go out there and do anything. So you have to find ways. Can I can I clean this part of the restaurant? Can I help them make a pizza? Can I go help the wait staff? Um, and that's where that kind of you know motivation comes from to just pick up and do stuff even if you're not asked. Um, so delivering pizza really kind of just changed my life uh, in a way. So thanks for asking that question, Tyler. I love it. And, and some of them are questions, some of them are points. I think, Chris, thanks for tuning in. I think it's a couple of the good points, hopefully some value, the two E's of content creation, education and entertainment, right? Education, teaching how to's, Chris is really good at that, or you know, screen sharing and showing how you do what you do. The other one is entertainment, value team. How do you provide value through storytelling? And again, facts tell, stories sell, so that's why us humans like hearing stories. Um, and then just strategies over features, right? Our conversations, what we try to focus our time and attention on is how do we work on the business, not in the business? And, you know, with LinkedIn, there's so many powerful features, but it's really the strategies that turn a prospect and someone you don't know into a friend 
a professional friend and hopefully someone that can become a client, right? Someone you can serve and, and collectively provide more value to the world. Um, and I love, uh, so we do have one more follow-up question. Are there any tools, resources, strategies you've picked up that help identify how a person communicates? Yes, but it requires a little bit of uh, practice when you to figure it out. You know, if you're if you're if you if you speak with the same type of person at a company um, a lot, you're going to figure out kind of more often than not what kind of tone they have, what kind of temperament they have, how much time they have to spend. Um, you know, whether they're analytical, uh, whether they're more anecdotal uh, in nature. So it just comes from doing the work. Um, so, you know, unfortunately we have to work, we have to do it. We have to go ahead and figure it out, um, by practicing. Um, but you know, the more, the more exposure you have to it, you know, the more data that you're putting in there and the more iterations you can make with some data to go off of. Um, so just doing it in practice is, is what I found to, to understand how a person communicates. Also, if you find if you find them on LinkedIn, but you don't find them on Instagram and TikTok, they are going to be a different person than if you barely find them on LinkedIn, find them on Instagram and TikTok. Um, so just keeping in mind those kinds of things. If they comment on stuff, checking that out, see who they what they comment on and what they're into. Um, you know, if they like stuff, same deal. Um, and just kind of figuring out where they hang out um, is the best way to figure out how a person communicates and then it takes that soft skill to be like you know where have I seen this kind of communication before and how have I handled it in the past I love that and my biggest takeaway there is it's got to be consistent right it, it, people care about consistency the consistency on the outreach and the iterations right that that I love that you and Chris are big believers and something I'm working on is to lead by practice right the best in the world stay the best and continue to get better because they're practicing each day. And, and especially in the realm of what we're talking about, there's so many things that are moving and changing that uh, that can be exciting, but it's having that core strategy that you can build on, right? Not that you're always trying to create a new strategy. You need that foundation and that comes with consistency. Um, awesome, so we have some awesome comments coming in. We are gonna bring it to a close here. We're gonna finish it. Chris always puts in some value. Strategies over features, but execution over all else. If you don't execute a strategy, then it's useless. The more buttons you press, the more you'll learn to help your execution. The practitioners always win. Would you agree, Brian? And yeah. how can people get in contact with you? They got value from this. I know I got a lot. I have notes. I learned things that we haven't even talked about on, on team meetings yet. But how can people get in contact if they want to get to, to better understand who you are and, and what you're doing at Uptown Creation? Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you couldn't find me on LinkedIn, um, you know, I probably should be out of a job right now. Um, so definitely hit me up there. Um, and let's start there and then, and then, you know, let's build a relationship and see what happens, you know? <laughs> well, let's see if anyone can actually uh, get through to you, right? If they can get, <laughs> if they can social sell to you. For well, sure. Thanks again, Brian. I appreciate you for everything you do for the world, for professionals on here, for the clients you help and for everything you do at Uptown. We'll see you on the inside. For sure. Thanks for having me.